Welcome to this edition of the Gateway Podcast. Thanks for connecting with us. To discover more about our faith community, feel free to visit our website, gatewaychurch.org.nz. May this message be an encouragement to you. I came across the following scriptures. They are found in Luke's Gospel, and here he is recalling the Christmas story, and he tells the wonderful story of the angels appearing to this group of shepherds, and they declare the following over them. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace amongst those whom he favors. The, que- the question that came to me through this text is this. Is it possible for God's favor to rest on people? And if possible, how does this happen? What does it look like? And does this become a possibility for anyone and everyone? Many of us, I am sure, have prayed for his favor and grace to be upon us and those whom we love and whom those whom we care for. But why, how again does this happen? Favor can probably be summed up in two words. Well, theologians would say that favor can be described as God's demonstrated delight. God's demonstrated delight. Another way of putting it is thus. It is that favor is the tangible evidence that a person has the approval of God. Theologians would also add that favor is the token or proof of grace. Some will know that the words for grace and favor in the original Greek language are the same word. Grace to us seems something a little bit out there, something that happens in our heart, something that is a little bit intangible, although we fully know it in that sense, grace comes from God. But favor is something perhaps more tangible, something that we can grasp. It seems as if we know when favor is upon us. It's something that we can explain in so many ways. You see, the way that you, the way that I experience God's favor in our life is absolutely unique to us. We will look at three examples and they are all completely different in these next passages. It will be unlike anything that the person that you came with tonight knows the favor of grace, the favor of God. The person sitting next to you will have different favor to what you experience. For some of you, God's favor is demonstrated in, in that the fact that you are incredibly healthy. You never get ill. You very rarely have had a sick day's leave. Others may be wonderfully wealthy, and this is the demonstration of his favor. Some of you pray for people, and you get an answer straight away. Some of you are amazing administrators and, lead, and leaders, and while study has taken place, there is something of his favor upon you. Some of you have wonderful families. Others have close and precious friendships. Some have climbed the career ladder, and it has been without a lot of effort. It is his favor. Some of you are super intelligent, and you have the brain the size of a basketball, and some of us don't. <laughs> you have the favor of God on your life, and in all these ways, and in multiple, more, multiple other ways, God demonstrates his favor in his life, in our life. Tangible evidence that he loves us, tangible evidence that he's delighting in us, and we know it is his favor because there is absolutely nothing that we could have done or worked for, nothing that we could have earned. It's just this favor of God upon 
our lives in a tangible way. If you had asked me maybe 20 years ago about my thoughts around favor, I probably would have said, I probably would have thought that favor came and went. It perhaps stayed for a season and then it may have lifted. But when the angels sang over the shepherds at the first Christmas, they make the declaration that favor rests on people, which suggests to me that it is not something that necessarily has to come and go, but it's something that can stay around, that can stick around for the long term, which raises for me a very interesting question. How do we get God's favor to rest upon our lives? How do we get God's favor to rest upon our lives? Of course, we are delighted if his favor rests for us only on a short season. But how do we experience his abiding favor, his favor for the long term? I appreciate that some of you will be saying, well, that's a little bit of a selfish thing, Chris. That's a little bit selfish, a selfish desire, a little bit self-seeking. Surely we should be looking to see, serve others. But in fact, it is a reflection of many of the prayers in the Bible. The psalmist in, prayer, in Psalm 90 prays this prayer, may the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. So I think the question, are there actions, attitudes, attributes that attract the Father's favor on our lives is a very legitimate question. I do not see it as self-seeking. It is a valid question. If you have read Luke's, Luke's collection, a recollection, I should, should say, of the Christmas story in Luke 1 and 2, which we heard some of it tonight, you will know that one of Luke's favorite words is favor. When he tells us Elizabeth's story, when he tells us Mary's story, and then Jesus' story, he wants us to know that favor was an integral part of their experience of God. So as we try and understand how it is that favor, uh, the favor of God rests on us, maybe we can see some clues from this, these passages. Firstly, in Luke 1, it seems from Mary's story that favor rests on humility and availability. Verses 26 to 28 says these words. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings favored, favored one, the Lord is with you. So Mary's story starts here. And we read that she was highly favored. And I am sure that when she hears these words, she might have thought she was going to experience something absolutely wonderful, absolutely mind-blowing. But it goes on in verse 29 and says, but she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. You may well know from the reading of scripture that when an angel appears to anyone, generally speaking, they are troubled and afraid, and Mary is exactly the same. Then verse 30 says, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. I would imagine now that Mary was probably starting to relax. She's thinking, well, everything is going to be fine. It's going to be a great wedding. We're going to work, we're going to work together. We're going to have a lovely marriage, and Joseph's going to be a great husband. We're going to have lots of kids. And uh, then the angel describes what this looks like. Verses 31 to 34 says, And now you will, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. 
And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? So at this point, Mary is starting to think that it doesn't look such a great deal to have this thing called favor on her life. Many will know that in this time in history, if a woman becomes pregnant and wasn't married, it was very likely that she would be stoned to death. So when she hears the word favor and the angel tells her what is going to happen, I'm sure she didn't think that it sounded like favor to her. But let's just keep going. The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Mary discovers that the favor that is on her life is that uniquely she will be the only person, she will be the only person in history who will have the privilege and honor of carrying God's son. Then Mary said, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. <laughs> May I suggest this thought, the two actions, two attitudes that attract the favor of our Father in heaven are humility and availability. I sometimes think that we try to complicate the Christian life and he is calling us to be humble people and he is calling us to be available to whatever <laughs> he wants. You see, Mary doesn't have a great CV or qualifications, but what she does have is her availability and her humility. In fact, the text and the word in the text that she uses to describe herself is actually very, very insightful. I understand that at that moment when she responds to the, the angel, she could have chosen one of two Greek words. The first would have been diakonos, which means servant, but she chooses not to use that word. The, the, she chooses the word doulos, which means slave. She is saying in her response that she's not even a servant, but I am a slave. I am the lowest of the low. I am the lowest on the power scale. I am a slave, but I am 100% committed to the words of my master. I cannot run away. I will not disappear, for I am a slave. Mary is saying, God, I am your servant and I will do whatever you want me to do. So I would therefore like to suggest that her availability and her humility were key to the favor of the Father resting on her life. Some may well ask, does the favor of God rest on me for the long term? Maybe it's as simple as this. Stay humble and be available. Stay humble and be available. And as you adopt these two stances, then maybe then the Father's favor will rest on you for the long term. Secondly, Elizabeth's story says or suggests to us, favor rests when we notice it, when we delight in it, when we celebrate it, and when we are thankful for it. Luke 39 to 45 says these words, At that time Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greetings, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come 
to me. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. This may be a very simple thought, but I think favor rests on people who notice how blessed they are by God in life, that they notice and acknowledge that the good gifts that God has given them, the good gifts that he has placed in their heart and and in their lives, and they notice them, they give thanks for them, they acknowledge them, and they praise him for them, they delight in them, and very often they are surprised by them. It's as if Elizabeth is saying, isn't it amazing? I can't believe how favored I am that these great things are happening to me. So maybe a task for me this Christmas Eve is this, to encourage us to look at how good God has been to us in our lives. How many things without even thinking about it could we give thanks for tonight? Things that we should be noticing rather than taking for granted. I think some of us, have trained ourselves to look for God's disapproval rather than his approval upon our lives. Therefore, we look at the trials and the niggles and the difficult things in our life, all the struggles, and we see that this is evidence that God doesn't really love us, that alone like us, that perhaps he doesn't really approve of us. Wouldn't it be wonderful this Christmas season if we just switched this around and actually very intentionally looked for his approval, looked for tangible evidence of the good things that God has placed in our lives. Friends, we only ever see what we look for. We only ever see what we look for. Some of us may need to retrain our eyes, the focus, the direction of our heart, to look for the good things that God has placed in our lives to this, at that point to his favor. Maybe God's favor rests on people who notice it, Maybe God's favor rests on people who give thanks for it, acknowledge it, are delighted by it. Maybe God's favor rests on people who are even surprised by it. For it seems God's favor rests on these people. Musicians, please come and join me. And thirdly, Jesus' story seems to suggest that favor rests when you steward his favor with wisdom. Luke 2.52 says, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. You'll probably know that one of the most frustrating things about the gospel account of Jesus' life and ministry is that we know very little about what happens in his life until he arrives at the age of 30. We get the birth stories which we celebrate today, then virtually nothing until he gets to 30. However, we do get this one sentence that helps us understand how Jesus grew. We are reminded that even though he is the Son of God, he grew in a number of areas. He grew in wisdom. So over time, he grew wiser. It says he grew in stature. And my understanding from the original Greek means, the word means that he literally grew taller. Like any child over time, he grew taller. But it also says that he grew in favor with God and man. We are told here that over time in the the Father's favor multiplied over his life and it rested on his life. It is really interesting what Luke does here. Luke seems to bring together these two words, wisdom and the word favor. I think he does this because he wants us to know that when the Father's favor rests on people's lives, it happens when they don't squander it, 
when they don't abuse it, they don't misuse it, they don't take it for granted, they don't think it's about him rather than his goodness to him, and they shepherd it and they take care of it. When they don't feel that they're entitled to it, but rather they steward it with wisdom, that, he st that we steward the good things that, he's got, that God has given us. So we may have evidence of the Father's favor on our life. We may have a talent, we may have a family, we may have a wonderful relationship. You may have finance that God has given you. And I believe that you have the responsibility to steward these things wisely so that his favor rests upon your life for the long term, that we don't take it for granted or squander it. I believe it's a real possibility. If you misuse it, you can lose it. But if we steward it wisely, it might just last for a lifetime. So it seems to me that our Heavenly Father loves to demonstrate his delight in us by allowing his favor to rest on us. And how does it happen? You know, maybe it happens when people are humble and available. Maybe it happens when people notice it and delight in it. And maybe it happens when people steward what God has given them with wisdom. Psalm 30 verse 5 says, For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. And this is my prayer for us all this Christmas. Yes, that we would know the favor of God on our lives, but we will also know, know it resting on our lives for the entirety of our lives. So as I close, on behalf of everyone here at Gateway, may I wish you a joyous and peace-filled Christmas and 2024, and may you know his favor upon your life. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to know more about our faith community, feel free to visit our website, gatewaychurch.org.nz.